Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Taylor Rapp, former Washington Husky defensive back, and you are tuned in to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 53 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. I am your lone host for the day, Charles Hamaker, as Bennett and Omari were late scratches. They, uh, they've got stuff going on. So I will be taking on uh, the notes and weekly show for today. Um, there are a couple segments that <laughs> required them, so they will be pushed next week. So let's just get into it. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, pretty big uh, week for them uh, as compared to the previous week. Uh, let's just get right into it. Free agency, free agency uh, and our free agency tracker that we have for the Seahawks here. Uh, there were a couple rumors to start off. Uh, the CS reportedly were interested in Leonard Fournette and they have been quoted to be interested in Leonard Fournette. There haven't been, there hasn't been any movement with that. Uh, Fournette's still, you know, in talks with uh, Tampa Bay. So there's been no movement with that. Uh, the Seahawks did lose Shaquille Griffin and Shaquem Griffin to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Seahawks made a strong push to sign Griffin uh, who instead opted to sign with Jacksonville. Um, Seattle signed former 49ers quarterback, cornerback Akello Witherspoon uh, agreeing to a one-year deal so that's pretty big uh, considering you know obviously you you lose Shaq um, at that cornerback position you're going to need a little bit of a replacement of sorts and Akello Witherspoon has been somebody who in his time uh, with the 49ers while healthy has been a good corner Uh, that's just the main point is staying healthy so it'll be exciting to see what Witherspoon brings to the table, you know, hopefully being out there for a full 16 games this year and perhaps getting an extension as, you know, it's a one-year deal. Uh, speaking of extensions of sorts, Seattle did re-sign defensive tackle Puna Ford to a two-year deal that can be worth close to $14 million with incentives. Good to get Puna back, somebody who's a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, there's a word I'm looking for. I just can't nail it. Puna's uh, been a really strong contributor, you know, coming out of Texas, there were worries about him. Uh, there was a heart issue uh, that was evaluated in the draft and, you know, he was supposed to be undersized coming out of Texas, but he's continued to beat the odds uh, since, you know, coming through Texas um, and then getting drafted. I mean, not getting drafted, uh, coming to Seattle, you know, so Puna is uh, good to see him get extended good to have him on the team for another two more years. Uh, the team signed former Rams tight end Gerald Everett to a one-year deal worth up to $7 million, uh, reuniting him with the new offensive coordinator for the Seahawks, of course, Shane Waldron. Uh, Gerald Everett's been a really athletic guy in his career in the NFL. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how he gets used in this offense um, and you know what role he takes because he's had good blocking seasons. Uh, the Seahawks lost... Well, they didn't necessarily lose him, but uh, go ahead. Oh, shoot. Oh, how did I forget his first name? Oof. Uh, no. This is terrible. That's awkward. One second. Jacob Hollister. I don't know why I thought Cody Hollister. Cody Hollister might be somebody else. Cody Hollister. Oh, it's a wide receiver. Yeah. Oops. Um for the Titans. Um, but so obviously, you know, you take uh, Jacob Hollister out of the lineup and you put in Everett instead. Uh, somebody's a little athletic, uh, has been in a uh, Sean McVay offense that Waldron was part of. So 
it'll be interesting to see what he contributes. And I'm excited to see what he does uh, to address the offensive line. The team traded for offensive guard, Gabe Jackson from the Raiders in exchange for the Seahawks, 2021 fifth round pick. Seahawks are now down to just three picks in the draft. Um, but I think this was well worth it. Gabe Jackson has been a guy who's consistently been good in this league. Uh, the Raiders are blowing up their offensive line for some very odd reason. Um, don't know what Mayock and Gruden are doing down there in Vegas. Um, but Jackson, you know, as I've said um, throughout the offseason, uh, a position B is going to be guard because of, you know, Upati stepping down, I mean, and retiring, um, and there not being really a clear uh, guard in the wings to step up. So Gabe Jackson uh, solidifying part of the interior line. Um, and then I'll get it to into in a second here, but there was another part uh, signing that relates to that. Uh, the team did re-sign fullback Nick Ballore and special teams pro bowler to a two-year deal worth $4.45 million. Um, and then that other interior offensive lineman was the team re-signing center Ethan Pochitz to a one-year $3 million deal. And uh, Greg Bell, who's uh, part of the Seahawks uh, press coverage, uh, media coverage, um, was took a little in, insight into this. And uh, in the article about Seahawks re-signing Pochitz, they mentioned his versatility to be able to switch to guard, which he has done uh, in his career here. Um, as well as the, you know, the one year deal, uh, it, it, it shows that the team is still potentially looking at bringing in a center, but you know, uh, for that to happen, the team will more than likely need to restructure some contracts like Russell Wilson or Bobby Wagner and, uh, extend some guys like Jamal Adams, uh, Tyler Lockett. So, you know, there are moves to be made to create more cap space, but they have to be done. Uh, and we see, as I sit here at three twenty two. Uh, in 2021, those moves haven't been made yet. So we will see uh, what they do over the following week. Obviously, you know, last week when we did the episode, there wasn't any move to report. Now I've got a bunch of moves to report. So, And then the last move to report uh, the Seahawks made was the team re-signed Chris Carson to a two-year deal worth up to f- uh, $14.6 million. Initially, I saw three years, $24 million. Um, but I, I don't know what the full details are. Adam Schefter put out that three years, 24 million. So I believed Adam Schefter. Um, but the official uh, deal that I saw was two years, 14.6 million uh, with the last two years being voidable. So I guess it'll be really telling to see uh, Carson's performance this upcoming year and what kind of impact that has on his contract. Uh, the Seahawks are a potential landing spot for Melvin Ingram, defensive end Melvin Ingram from the Los Angeles Chargers, but they are still in contact with Carlos Dunlap. So do not leave the possibility of Carlos Dunlap coming back uh, to the Seahawks out. Um, there was also rumored interest between the Seahawks and Jadavion Clowney. So that is something to monitor. But uh, again, there there need to be moves made in order to create more cap space. Um, with the Seahawks sitting at about a million dollars in cap space. So a million dollars isn't going to do much for you. Uh, And then this is a, this is a interesting piece of information. Uh, Russell Wilson reportedly still wants to have the Seahawks sign Antonio Brown. uh, But Antonio Brown himself believes that he will be back with the Buccaneers for the 2021 season. 
So, uh, you know, Russell lobbied for this signing last year. Obviously, Antonio went to go and sign with his his best buddy, Tom Brady, with the Buccaneers. Um, So I don't know if that last story has any traction, but, you know, the the news is out there, so I have to report it. Um, This is where I would ask the guys the favorite free agent move so far. Uh, Since they're not here, I guess I have to go. Uh, I'm, I really like the Gabe Jackson acquisition. I thought that was, I thought guard was an important position to address uh, considering obviously you retired, but also the fact that throughout the season last year, that you was in and out of the lineup uh, and you want consistency at the at consistency at the guard position, considering the defensive lines that you're playing, considering that you're in a league, I mean, a league uh, in the NFC West, you're playing against Aaron Donald twice a year, you know, and you're playing, you know, these lines of Arizona, obviously Chandler Jones is coming back and they signed J.J. Watt and they've had a bunch of other guys uh, along their line, uh, the Rams. I mean, I don't need to say it, you know, uh, and the 49ers, you know, when they're healthy, have a good line too. So, you know, there's all these defensive lines in this uh, NFC West division. You're going to need to bolster the interior offensive line at least. Um, so. I thought that was a really important uh, move. I would put Gerald Everett as my number two if I had to. That's a move that really intrigues me. Uh, continuing into the Russell Wilson news, Seattle is not even listening to calls, uh, refusing to even engage in talks with teams about trading him. Uh, Chicago made an aggressive push, uh, but John, Sh- uh, John Schneider listened to the offers, but Pete Carroll intervened and said that Seattle is simply not in a position to let him go which is interesting because I don't think you'd even need to ever listen to these offers. But, you know, that being said, that basically, you know, with the acquisition of Gabe Jackson and Russell Wilson actively saying go Hawks in a video on his Twitter uh, kind of puts that to rest, knock on wood for the time being. Uh, but after that report came out, the there was another headline that said the Bears still have eyes for Wilson uh, and the team is reportedly not giving up hope. I'm just going to say it now. Chicago needs to shut up and move on. I mean, come on. Uh, have fun with Andy Dalton and just, you know, leave it alone. Come on. He doesn't want to be there. Get, get rid of it. Come on. Um, and then there's two pieces of NFL news to report after the Seahawks news. Uh, the NFL announced several media deals worth a total of $110 billion over 11 years. Uh, and those contracts were finalized on Thursday. The details for these deals include Thursday night football being made exclusive to Amazon, uh, the ability for Monday night football games to be flexed uh, to provide the quote unquote best games for the fans, as well as ESPN and ABC gaining the right to broadcast the Super Bowl in 2026 and 2030. Uh, the NFL draft will be in person this year um, as compared to last year, as it was supposed to be in Vegas. And there was supposed to be this whole thing where the players that get drafted were supposed to be in this little boat out to this, you know, little uh, float uh, stage that didn't happen, obviously. Uh, but there will be a limited number of prospects, media, and fans in Cleveland for the draft this year. Um, moving on to the Mariners and spring training. This is where Ben and I would have the infield and defensive ooh, defensive designated hitter preview, but we do not have that today for you. That will be lumped in next week with the outfielders preview and the season overview. So prepare for that. We are getting mighty close to opening day. We are just one, two, three, four, five. Wait, yes, six, seven, eight, nine, ten days away from opening day in Seattle against the San Francisco Giants. Get excited. 
baseball is coming. Official baseball is coming. Um, let's get into the spring training games. March 16th versus the Kansas City Royals. The team won 13 to nothing. Player of the game, Justice Sheffield with four innings pitched, zero earned runs, and six strikeouts. Honorable mention, Julio Rodriguez with two hits, uh, one of them being a home run, one run, and two RBIs. March 17th versus the Anaheim Angels. The team lost seven to four. Play of the game was Evan Wright with his four Evan White, pardon me, with his four run home run. March eighteenth at the San Francisco Giants, the team won six to three. Play of the game was Nick Margat who Margavicious with four innings pitched, zero earned runs, six strikeouts, and zero walks. March nineteenth versus the Chicago White Sox. The team won seven to six. Player of the game was Kyle Lewis with two hits, two runs, two RBIs, and one walk. March 20th versus the Texas Rangers. The team lost five to six. The player of the game was Mitch Hanniger with two hits, two runs and one RBI. March 21st versus the Milwaukee Brewers. The team won three to one. Player of the game was the Big Maple. James Paxton with one run earned over 4.1 innings pitched with eight strikeouts. And then March 22nd versus the LA Dodgers reigning champions. The Mariners won seven to three. Player of the game was Evan White with his one hit, which would be a home run, uh, He's also score a run, and he would bring in two RBIs with that home run. In team-related news, uh, reliever Rowanis Elias is scheduled to undergo surgery for an elbow injury that he suffered last week. We talked about this last week, uh, about him dealing with something. Now it's official that he will undergo surgery for that elbow injury. Uh, you never like to see injuries, obviously, but you know, sucks that this team's going to lose a reliever in a year that it looks like uh, – we're only going to have one reliever. So, and in other team related news, Jerry DePoto indicated that he is open to trading for a veteran starter as soon as this year, uh, agreeing with a uh, someone's statement that the team could use a veteran hurler in the pen. So, that is something to keep an eye on. Uh, obviously, you know, that move could be made next year, but he indicated that he could be open to it this year. So, we will keep an eye on that. In the upcoming schedule, uh, prior to opening day, the team will play on the 23rd of March at the Arizona Diamondbacks Cactus League facility, March 21st versus the Chicago White Sox, March 25th uh, at the Oakland Athletics, March 26th at the San Diego Padres, March 27th versus the San Francisco Giants, and they will get an off day on Sunday the 29th. Ooh, 28th, pardon me. Um and they will play their final spring training game on March 29th at the Cincinnati Reds before traveling home to Seattle to play opening day. That is it for the Mariners news. Uh, Seattle Sounders, I have a couple tad bits, tad bits, tidbits here. Uh, head coach Brian Schmetzer is rumored to want to use a 3-5-2 or a 4-4-2 diamond formation next year uh, to want to sort of put the pressure on uh, and bring in – kind of uh, work on putting pressure on and uh, being aggressive. So that that's just a rumor. I am reporting the news as I find it. Um, and knew who was called into international duty with Cameroon and the Sounders were teasing. A, it, it, it's probably the kit that they're uh, teasing every two years. Uh, the MLS teams are supposed to get a new kit to replace one of the kits. Uh, and what I mean by a kid is Jersey, if you're not familiar with that term. Uh, and that announcement is supposed to come on Thursday the 25th. There has been a rumored kit that was purple, uh, which f- seemed to get some uh, 
it wasn't received well. Let's just say that. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I, uh, you know, I got to see an official mock-up first. I don't know how much I believe leaks, but you know, we'll see. Um, God. Yeah. Purple. That'll be interesting. Uh, no news for this Seattle storm this week. No news for the Seattle Kraken this week. Oh, and then a big addition to the podcast will be, we will be adding the OL rain, formerly known as the Seattle rain. They're playing in Tacoma now and are owned by um, a different group. It's no longer, you know, the Seattle rain. They used to play uh, in Memorial stadium. They are now, Oh, where'd it go? The majority owner is the OL group, um, which is the Olympic Lyonis. Uh, the, the OL group is a parent company of French clubs, uh, Olympic Lyonis and Olympic Lyonis Feminine. Um, so the team has been rebranded uh, to reflect that. Um, and that happened uh, in 2020. Um, but, you know, they are... Uh, the WNSW, no, NWSL representative for Seattle, technically. So they're going to be covered. I'm making that decision. Um, I mean, when they, they played in Seattle and they, they just moved into Tacoma, they play in the Rainier Stadium. Uh, I figured it counts. So a late addition, but they are added. They are in preseason. Uh, they have the 2021 Challenge Cup coming up. April 16th versus the Houston Dash. April 21st at rival Portland Thorns. April 27th versus the Chicago Red Stars. May 3rd at Kansas City NWSL. Um, so L Ring content's coming. It's in the works. It's here. Um, they will join the rotation. Uh, no Sonics news to report. Uh, we had some a few months ago, you know, when NBA was talking about an expansion. Uh, so it's coming, but it's, you know, we don't have any news right now and it'll, it'll be a process and it'll take time. Um, so, you know, I'm excited for that, but it, it'll take a bit, but I can be patient. Uh, there's no news for the dragons this week after reporting last week about the XFL and CFL potentially having a partnership and then talks for that. We will get into UW athletics here uh, for football uh, the team announced that former Oklahoma defensive back Brandon Radley Hiles will finish his collegiate career at Washington. He is a defensive back um, and a good, a damn good one at uh, Oklahoma. So it's uh, another another defensive back uh, joins the Washington team uh, basketball. This is where we would have Omari do his Loyola Chicago segment, as you know, Omari goes to Loyola Chicago, and he would be the representative here. Um, just to be fair, uh, Gonzaga through the March Madness tournament won their round one game versus Norfolk State, won their game in the second round versus Oklahoma today, and they will play Creighton uh, in the Sweet 16. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Just trying to be fair here because, you know, it might be weird for uh, people to hear, you know, Loyola Chicago. Um, nope, that's the only thing that counts. Um, but Loyola Chicago in there uh, to cover for Omari, I guess. In the first round, they beat Georgia Tech 71 to 60. In the second round, they beat number one ranked, number one seed Illinois 71 to 58. And they will play against Oregon State uh, in the Sweet 16. 
Um, so that's pretty big. If they would knock on wood, if they would beat Oregon State, they would go on to play the winner of the Syracuse Houston game. So those games do not take place until uh, Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Uh, but pretty exciting. Um, so if they if they win, then we will have Amari segment for that. Uh, women's basketball, nothing for the women's basketball team. I'm sure the team is still searching for a head coach at this current moment. Uh, the men's baseball team, uh, March 19th versus USC. The baseball team starts their uh, Pac-12 schedule. Uh, they lost to USC in the first game on the 19th, 2-3. to three. Player of the game was pitcher Logan Gerling with six inning pitched. Uh, one hit, one walk, and eight strikeouts. March 20th versus USC, they lost 5-7. to seven. Player of the game was Christian Jones with three hits, uh, two of the, uh, three of those hits being doubles, all three of them, uh, and three RBIs. March 21st versus USC, they lost 3-11. to 11. Player of the game was Dalton Chandler with two hits, one run, and one RBI. As has been customary, it seems, in the past few weeks, the baseball team for the Huskies gets the cone of shame. The team has a record of 8-9 now, and they are ranked 11th in the Pac-12. Uh, their upcoming schedule features uh, features a game on the 23rd at Gonzaga and then more Pac-12 scheduling. Uh, the 26th through the 28th, they will play three games versus Oregon State at home. Softball, where we commonly see the gold star being shown here. Um, Actually, I'm not going to give them the gold star this week because there's a team that I will report. They'll actually, we'll have them split the gold star. Softball gets half the gold star. Uh, March 19th versus number seven ranked Arizona. The team was really originally scheduled to play three games versus Arizona at home, but we'll get into that in a second. March 19th versus number seven ranked Arizona. They won two to one. Uh, play of the game was Kelly Lynch with two hits, one run, one RBI, and a homer. Uh, play of the game honors uh, split with Gabby Plain. Pitcher from Australia with seven innings pitched, one earned run, and 16 strikeouts. March 20th versus Arizona, uh, a game that had to be cut in half, played, uh, they had to play the final few innings uh, the next day. Um, yes. Uh, the team beat Arizona four to two. Uh, play of the game was Bailey Klingler with two hits, three runs, two RBIs, and one walk with the walk-off home run. Uh, play of the game part two, again, is Gabby playing with seven innings pitch, six hits, given up uh, one earned run and 10 strikeouts, and she now boasts a 13-0 and record. Um, in that t- game on the 20th, that second game, there were supposed to be two games played, uh, was canceled due to rain. Uh, play of the game was the rain for raining out the game, I guess. Um, Sammy Reynolds earned Pac-12 Player of the Week honors for the last week. The team is ranked nationally number six. They have a 22-2 and record, and they are ranked third in the Pac-12, which is absurd to me. Uh, looking ahead, they will play number 11 ranked Arizona State on a number of four times on the 26th, twice on the 27th, and on the 28th. Uh, men's soccer. Men's soccer beat number two Stanford. Uh, on the 20th, one to nothing. Play of the game was Dylan Tevez with his game-winning goal in the 84th minute. Um, the team now jumps to number one in the Pac-12, number six nationally, and boasts a 7-1 record. Christian Soto named the Pac-12 temp, uh, Team of the Week last week, not for uh, this current week that I'm reviewing, but the week before that. And then Dylan Tevez was named to the Soccer News Player of the Week for uh, – his game winner against Stanford. Um, pretty big to beat the number two team in the league. Um, 
So I have to lie. I have to split the Golden Star into three parts. One to softball, one to men's soccer, and to the third one for the women's soccer team who played on the 19th and they beat number nine, Washington State, two to one. Carly Stuckel with the game-winning goal in the 89th minute. The team sits at six, one, and two. They are ranked nationally at number three, and somehow they are ranked number four in the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 website is probably messed up. Uh, and they will have a game on the 26th at Utah. I do not have any news for you for volleyball because their series against Washington State was canceled due to COVID-19 issues. Uh, They're still ranked number eight in the country, number two in the Pac-12, just behind Wazoo, um, and their their record is 13-3, and and they will play on the 26th and 28th versus Stanford here at home. That is it for the week. Uh, This episode is a lot shorter than it normally would have been simply due to the fact that. uh... Oops, I got a text from Omari. Um, What was it? Oh, similar to the fact that I don't have the guys for discussion. There would have been discussion about free agency. Uh, There would have been the infield and defensive I keep saying defensive designated hitter preview. There would have been discussion. I would have thrown in discussion about the rain. Um, and there would have been Omari segment on Loyola Chicago. So, you know, um, yeah, it's a lot shorter than it would have been, but that's okay. Uh, my job here is to provide you with the news and keep you up to date with what we've got for Seattle sports. I mean, there's really nobody, I mean, I'm sure that you could say that some of the uh, news outlets are covering these things, but I don't think they always accurately do it. As it was mentioned uh, months ago, there was some news notebooks, uh, 2020 in review, and they didn't mention the storm. Like, how could you do that? You know, uh, it's just poor representation and poor journalism. You you know, you can't do that. Um, You know, Seahawks. I've got Seahawks. I've got Mariners. I've got Sounders, Storm, Kraken, Rain, Sonics when they're back, Dragons, UW Athletics. And normally, you know, obviously only I'm here today, but there's three of us doing this and we're able to accurately represent these teams. You know, you got to cover the Storm. You have to. Four titles. They've won four titles. That is the most titles in a professional team in this city. You know, be better, please. That's what I'm striving to do is to, you know, bring you this news on these teams. Um, So, you know, uh, I'm excited for what's to come for this podcast. Um, I've got, um, I really enjoyed the podcast. I mean, yeah, the show. I mean, uh, I didn't get to reflect on the 50th episode, but uh, to continue to be able to do this uh, and have two hosts and they'll have partnerships with Maestro Athletics and Homs Seattle. Uh, exciting, really exciting. And um, what I told the guys, uh, I think around New Year's was, you know, just thank them for their contributions and let's just continue to build this. Let's continue to work um, and just make it better. So I could work on uh, my stutter sometimes and, saying designated hitter correctly instead of saying defensive first, you know, just things here and there and just continue to work. Um, so, you know, just excited um, to continue to, I know the the website's not the uh, 
the best thing in the world, but it, you know, you go here in the podcast and I've got it where you can just do it on anchor, Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, and more. And it's got all the episodes laid out nice here. And then you go to the YouTube section. If it loads, there we go. And you've got all the interviews, um, which I'd have two pretty exciting ones coming up. Will lot to is fun to speak to. If you haven't listened to that already, please go and listen to it as well as the others with Wraith Porter and Dave Sims and Milton Hopkins Jr. And Brad Evans. Um, Paulo is Paulo and Rick's uh, Rick Riz are not YouTube videos just because I didn't do a video section for them as well as miles. Uh, the blog, I have not updated a blog since uh, wow. About a month ago. I do have one planned though. So I need to work on that. Uh, Seahawks draft outlook which can now be updated uh, but that was an early one the host section where you can see all of our faces if you have not somehow seen our faces and as well as the partnerships part of the uh, website which is the newest part of it you can go to click on the website for my astro athletics and see the March Madness sale that they're doing they have the Golden State Warriors the Sonics and the Lakers X Mambas uh, Mamba sorry shorts um as well as the hats, uh, the Kraken hats, and the Mariners logo hat. If you're a Blanchette Brave, they've got Braves school pride shirts on. You know, I mean, really happy to be partnered with them. Really am. Um, Hom Seattle, can't say enough. Race Porter, if you're listening, thank you, Race. Um, I know that he's working on some stuff, and I know that Maestro's working on some stuff. So, you know, it's exciting. It really is to continue to work with, with my hosts um, and with my partners, you know, it's, it's really as exciting. There's the contact part of the podcast, which I, you know, I don't really know if people are ever going to use that, but Hey, if someone like Buffalo Wild Wings wants to sponsor, Hey, I would really happily accept that. <laughs> so, you know, uh, at this point I'm just talking, uh, but you know, upcoming uh, there's continued Seahawks, uh, free agency, as we know, that they always seem to make uh, moves later in the offseason. Uh, another week of spring training for the Mariners and opening day is coming up. I am really excited for that. Uh, Sounders are continuing throughout their preseason. Uh, the Storm are continuing. Ooh, oopsie, whoops. One thing I forgot to mention. How did I forget that? The 2021 WNBA draft is going to take place on the 15th of April and be televised on ESPN at 7 p.m. The draft will be held, uh, pretty sure it's virtually, um, but Dallas uh, Dallas has the first selection uh, due to the fact that we traded them the first selections uh, through the trade with the Liberty. So um, the draft's important, um, and I think I'm going to write that down right now, actually. Oops. I need to work on a storm draft preview. Oops. Storm draft preview. Obviously there was the flurry of moves this off season with the storm uh, and the storm getting a D minus, no, a D grade from Bleacher Report for their off season. So blasphemy, I say, but you know, uh that's it i'm gonna wrap it there (laughs) i just keep talking uh but seriously i want to thank everybody Uh, this is a late thank you for the continued support through 50 episodes Uh, obviously 153 now but 1300 plays um 
and about 18 unique listeners. Uh, thank you. I don't know who you are. Uh, if you want to come forward and you're hearing this, please let me know so I can thank you appropriately. But um, yeah, that is it for episode 53. Uh, there is a, another interview scheduled for the 26th of this week. So we will hopefully all be back for episode 55 of the podcast on Tuesday. And uh, we'll see what uh, happens over the week to report to you. So I want to thank you and hope you have a good rest of your day. Baba Bowie.